Father, as we come to your word this morning, Holy Spirit, I just pray you'd speak as only you can. Father, would you encourage every person here and strengthen each person's faith in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> well, the title of my message today is, I just read this a while ago, and I thought I'm going to make a message out of this, is God delights to do you good. Do you think that's a good thought? Yeah. God delights to do you good. Now, immediately some of you are thinking, oh, I don't think so. Well, I want to try and bring it out clearly from the Word of God today that it's true. Jeremiah 32, 40 to 41 says, I'll make an everlasting covenant with them. I will not turn away from doing them good. I will rejoice over them to do them good. Do, can you see this is an everlasting covenant that God makes with you, ratified in blood, if you like, that he will never turn away from doing you good. It's an everlasting covenant. It's an unbreakable covenant. God cannot not do you good. He's made a, a promise. He's made a covenant. And also, not only that, he rejoices over you. Like, he rejoices to do you good. He just loves doing you good. So I want to try and bring that out from Scripture today. You know, with some people, maybe our children, a few others, we delight to do them good. We love to see the joy on their faces, their smile, they're happy, and all the rest of it. However, our delight to do them good comes and goes. So one day, one, one day you'll love to do your kids good because they're well behaved. The next day, you want to lock them in their room and throw the key away because our, our, it, it changes. It comes and goes with, with people. You know, there's someone, there's one day you just want to do them good, maybe your husband and your wife, and you, oh, man, you're just so in love with her. You want to do her good, or her, him good, and the next week you want to buy them a brick and throw it at them. As well. Now, I know it's not like that in the city, you know, but I know about it west, that's what it's like out there. So ours changes, but God doesn't begrudgingly do us good. It is his joy. It's his delight. It's what he loves to do is to do you good. And it's amazing that the thing that makes almighty God happy is doing good for you and me. I like serving a God like that. You know, most other gods, you know, this is what separates Christianity from most other religions because they, most of them live in absolute fear and terror of their God. Yeah. And the thought of their God doing them good is just not on the radar. They're just going to hope that they don't escape kind of being, you know, punished severely. Now, you and I can struggle to see why the Lord would delight to do us good because often we don't even delight in ourselves. We see our own, we're conscious of our failings and all the rest of it. But the greatness of God's love can still love us despite our love, despite our failings, our weaknesses, our weaknesses. I thought of it this way. Some of you may remember when you first fell in love with him or her, all right? Can anyone remember that? Okay, about three. All right. Okay, I'm going to keep going anyway. <clears throat> So when that, those first few years or weeks, let's, let's make it weeks, all right? First few weeks and months, you know, you just delighted in them and you delighted to do them good. And it didn't, and you know, if there were faults in them or things that were, you just, you just overlooked the whole lot. Is that right? You overlooked the whole lot because you were so in love, it didn't matter. You know, it had these habits and things that now just irritate you like crazy. But anyway, back then it didn't matter because you were in love. And, but eventually you woke up and you thought, aha, this is what I married. All right, Jesus, help us. <laughs> we need. I reckon, could I say God never wakes up? 
His opinion never changes. It just never changes. On your best day and your worst day, it never changes. You may walk away from God next year forever, and I trust you never will, but you may. He's still going to delight in you. It's unconditional, something that we just cannot put our heads around seriously. I can't. Our love is very conditional. A few years ago, God, <clears throat> I had an encounter with God when he spoke this verse to me, Isaiah 42, verse 1. My servant whom I have held, my elect one in whom my soul delights. The Holy Spirit made it clear to me that God delighted in me. And so I'm about 15 years ago, I thought, what? Like, I, I really just, I just couldn't work that out. Like, God, because I knew my own weaknesses. You know, the, the, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Is that right? And, you know, to think God's saying, but Tuck, I delight in you. I, honestly, I just could not really receive it. Uh, and yet, it is true. You know, it, it's true. Um, you know, see, God delights in you, and he delights in me. Now, you may not feel it, and that's the problem. We don't live by feelings. We live by faith. If the Bible says God delights in you, full stop. We've got to start be people who believe what the Bible says and not believe what our feelings tell us because our feelings are going to trip us up all the time. One day we'll be on top of the world, the next day we'll be in the bottom of the, you know, of the pit because we, we live by our feelings. We've got to be, and that's why it's important to read the book. Let's be people of the book. If God says it, that's it. Final, I believe it and I receive it. And when you believe it and receive it, that's when God can really begin to work something great in your life. God cannot lie. Now, you may be thinking as well this morning, well, if God loves to do me good, I'm not experiencing much of it. My life's a mess. It's a struggle. I want to give you two thoughts on that. If you think long and hard enough, God has done you immense good. Number one, most of you here today, you are saved. Who reckons that's pretty good? I mean, God has done you amazing good in that respect. <clears throat> Some of you are here at Church Unlimited City. How good is that? Is it good? It's very good, isn't it? Yeah. Some of you hopefully had breakfast this morning. You have a roof over your head. You live in New Zealand. Some of you today are actually breathing. Who reckons that's... Hello. Who reckons that's good? Right? That, that God could switch that off in a moment. See, God, if you think about it enough, you're going to see God's goodness in your life all the time and everywhere. You just got to look for it. So God says he's good to you. It is true. But here's a second thought. I want this message to build your faith uh, for God to be good to you. Faith comes by hearing. And as your faith grows, just watch in the next few days how God's going to, you're going to begin to see God being good to you. And you'll see more and more of his goodness. And he'll increase his goodness to, to you if that's possible. Because as faith grows, that's what happens. In fact... God is chasing you down to do you good. Did you know that? He's actually running after you. He's so desperate to do you good. Psalm 23, verse 6 is going to come up there. You know, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That word follow means to run after, to chase. God is chasing after you to do you good and to bless you. I want to tell a, retell a favorite story of mine. Many of you, some of you will have heard it. Many of you won't have. I was at the LA, LA airport, Los Angeles, a number of years ago. I must have looked suspicious like I was a drug dealer or something. They said, follow the red line. And I thought, oh, man, here we go. So I followed the red line. There's this big black guy at the desk. He grabs my passport, and he throws it on the desk, and he says, 
points to the direction. I sort of want to, boy, I'm not going to mess with him. About 100 people waiting in security to be processed. <clears throat> 10 o'clock at night, I think, man, God, I am, in, I am in for a long night. This is so bad. And then I remembered that there is a God. And maybe I should invite him into this situation. Do you know sometimes we don't do that? You may be facing something today. Have you invited God in and say, God, can, can you help me with this? So I did. I said, God, I just, I need you to be good to me. So I prayed for a little while. I stretched my hands. I was actually reaching out to God, but I made out like I was stretching, you know, so you know how you do all those tricks. <clears throat> I do those anyway. Anyway, not after, I prayed maybe 10 minutes went by, nothing's moving, and suddenly over the microphone says, Mr. Barner. I thought, that's me. I'm about 70th in the line, but my name's been called. So I got up, went over to the desk, and I thought, oh dear, I'm probably in serious trouble here. Maybe there's, <laughs> I've done something wrong, and I don't know, it's going to go from bad to worse. So I get over to the counter, and the lady says, you're Mr. Barnett? Yes, I am. She said, you have a radio program. And I thought, it's not in America, but I said, yeah, I have a radio program. She said, I like it. Stamp, 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 you can go. Yeah. God delights to be good to you. Start to look for it. Start to ask for it. Say, God, I just heard a message on Sunday, which I thought was useless, but he said something about me, you being good to me. Would, would, can you prove that to me? Can you show me something? And watch what he does. Watch what he does. I reckon you will be amazed. You know, we don't read anywhere in Scripture that God delights in the magnificent lakes or rivers or the Grand Canyon, or the Niagara Falls, or the most exquisite flowers, or the brightest night stars. His delights are with the children of men. That's where his delight is, you and me. In fact, we don't find it written that even angels give his soul delight, nor the cherubim or the seraphim. It's you and me. Isaiah 62 verse four, you shall be called Hezba. For the Lord delights in you. So tell the person next to you, God delights in you to do you good. Just tell them. Hmm? So strong is his delight that God births into song over you. Would you believe that? Have you ever had anyone burst into song when they saw you? Maybe when you first got in love with something and your wife came along, was it? Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? Romeo, he sings, doesn't he, or something? I can't, I don't know, follow all that stuff. But I think something like that. Has anyone ever sung over you? They've just, you walk in the room and they just, say, and they just start singing? Hey, is that, is, who's, has that happened for anybody? No, I don't think so. Well, guess what? When you walk in the room, God starts singing. He is so delighted over you. He thinks you're awesome. Zephaniah 3, verse 70, he will rejoice over you with singing. Wow. Don't ever doubt God's love for you again. Ever. Don't. Please just get these verses. Well, if he rejoices over you that much, will he not delight to do you good? Uh-huh. God delighted to do us good at New Zealand Beyond. The weather. I mean, it was meant to be bad weather all week, but God thought, no, I'm going to do these guys good. Christchurch was the best weather we've ever had. By the way, Christchurch was extraordinarily good, folks. 
We, we fill that place on the Friday night, and we're looking for a bigger venue now in Christchurch. We maxed out at 800 people in one of the meetings there. So Christchurch is just, it's just rocketed. And it, the, the presence of God, honestly, it was, it was, you know, Auckland was fantastic, but so was Christchurch. And I think we moved into a greater dimension of power. Listen to some testimonies. There was this lady came along, paralyzed from the day she was born, 28 years old, stood on her feet for the first time for five minutes. As a result, gave her life to Jesus Christ. We went to another dimension of power. Seriously, it was, it was so good. Here, here, you'll like this one. This uh, person, this uh, couple prayed at the conference and at Life Group for a house. And on the Monday after New Zealand and beyond, they got their dream house. If you're waiting for your dream house, come on, come on. God delights to be good to you. Believe for it. Go after it. See what God will do. Lady in Church Unlimited, Parkinson's disease. After, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of trembling with Parkinson's. After receiving prayer at conference, her, tre- her tremors dropped by two-thirds. So only one-third left, which is just massive. And because of Parkinson's, she doesn't normally sleep well. She slept well all week. God's doing some amazing things. There's a couple that say their kids so love their conference uh, that the parents have no choice but to come to New Zealand and be on 19 for the sake of the kids. And the father was impacted because the kids were asking him about the language of the Holy Spirit when they talked about that at, at the kids' church. So people are being, the kids' church was really, really went very, very well. You'll hear more about that tonight. There's another lady with back issues for 20 years. God healed her, and she slept so well for the first time after many years of struggling to sleep well. Here's another one. You might like this one. This lady, she brought her three grandkids. They don't come to church, church unlimited at least anyway, but they went to the kids' conference. Now, usually these kids are just not affectionate at all. The end of conference, when the mother, the grandmother picked up these grandchildren, they gave her big hugs, changed by the power of God. Isn't that amazing? That's a great transformation in kids, folks. The Spirit of God was really working. And uh, then those three grandchildren wanted to come to Church Unlimited, and they came last Sunday. So amazing things. God was good to us. All right, Isaiah 62, verse 5. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Wow, that's pretty out there, isn't it? That's out there. And so God's joy over his people like a bridegroom over a bride. Sometimes we joke and say about marriage, the honeymoon is over. Uh You heard that. You heard Jody share that at conference, how the honeymoon actually never started. And if it started, it ended very, very quickly. All I know is that while she lived in my house under my care, her life was pure joy and delight every day. Once she left my house and my covering and my anointing, I don't know what happened. So I was in shock listening to that message, and I thought, my God, someone's got a lot to answer for. Anyway, there you go. The honeymoon was over very, very quickly. Now, I hear stories of couples returning home early from honeymoon. For those of you who are not married, you just didn't hear that, all right? Pretend you didn't hear that. Your honeymoon will be awesome, but I do also say good luck to you. <coughs> when I was engaged <laughs> last century, and I'd been on a mission trip to, I don't know where it was, Philippines or some place, and I was a bit weary and worn out, but I was engaged. See, and I delighted in my wife in those days. I still do, but you know. 
those days especially. And uh, so I, I, I dragged these two single girls. I dragged them because I was wanting to buy her gifts. And I went overboard. Seriously, I brought num- I don't know how many dresses I brought. And I brought a watch. I brought anything I could. And these two girls, they just went from shop to shop to shop to shop. Because I'd check it out. And then I said, now I've got to check the prices over here. See, that where is it cheaper? So we went from place to And when we went, we, were, we went the whole day. They were exhausted by the end of it. I don't think they've ever talked to me since. I don't care. I was delighted to do my wife, future wife, good. And so I bought all these things and, uh, and um, got, gave them to her. And she was really thrilled. I mean, no expense was too great. But talking about all of us here, not just me now, as human beings, we can't sustain a honeymoon level of love. We just can't do that. It wanes. But with God, the honeymoon never ends. It never, ever ends. In fact, it gets better. The longer you're a Christian, the more you realize how much God loves you. Is that not true? And the longer you're a Christian, the more you love God. This is the endless honeymoon (laughs) that's going to go on and on into eternity. The honeymoon that never, ever ends is such a fantastic thought for us today. And that's my experience. As the years have gone by, the honeymoon with God has just got better and better and better. The more you get to know God, the more you love Him. Is that right? With people, the more you get to know them, the less you often love them. Mm, Just depends on who that person is anyway, but let's move on from that. I want you to grab another thought. There's a thought that just just excites me. God is infinitely creative in how he can do you good. I want you to start believing God to show his goodness to you in ways that you have never even thought about because he is a creative God and he can do things in our lives. You see, there's gonna be no boredom in this honeymoon with God for the next trillion ages of millenniums. Creative goodness. Goodness in ways you've not ever experienced before. That's the kind of God that we go out serve. And I trust that you're going to see. You know, in New Zealand Beyond, God had created ways to do us good. Some of you saw that post I put on Instagram, that, um, which had these two, three pastors in Christchurch, key pastors in this city. I preached on, you know, when I had, we had um, Aaron and her holding up the hands of Moses. They came at the end of my message on prayer. And they stood behind me, and I looked around and thought, what on earth are these guys doing, going to take me out or something? Anyway, and then they just got behind me, and they lifted up my hands, and they prayed with, for me, supporting my leadership in trying to reach this nation with the gospel. It was an extraordinary moment. In fact, it got more likes on Instagram than anything I've posted this year. It was God's creative way of being good to me. And you know, he's, he, he keeps doing, he keeps turning up with stuff that we've not seen nor experienced before. You know, at New Zealand and Beyond, probably this year, there was over a hundred healings. Tonight, if you manage to get there, you're going to see a, a DVD clip. It's, it's, it's amazing. And you can see all these people suddenly moving to the front, like over a hundred people moving to the front. You're going to think, oh, this must be a salvation call. This is, what is this, an altar call for something? Do you know what it was? There's people going forward acknowledging 
that they had just been healed by God's power. And just this rush of people. This conference went to another level of God's power, which was in just, you know, it's almost like God's creative way of being good to us. You know, even the fact that we moved to the trust arena was, was just a fantastic. So who knows what God's going to do next year? When God looked upon the world he had made, he said, it's very good. And when he looked on mankind, his heart could not restrain itself and overflowed with exclamations of joy. Habakkuk 3 verse 18, I'll rejoice. You know, this is our response to God. God rejoices over us. So this is our response. Habakkuk 3 18, I'll rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. There's a, Ephesians 1 verse 6 says, accepted in the beloved. Accepted in the beloved. You know, it's an interesting thing. You know what that word accept, most of you know that scripture. Do you know what accepted actually means in the Greek? It means the object of divine delight. You are the object of divine delight. Isn't that amazing? Even you rascals who are here, which some of you are, you're still an object of divine delight. But we're accepted, we're objects of divine delight in the beloved means it's yours as a child of God. It's in the beloved, which means this. Sometimes we think God, we're God's delight on the weeks and months or the weeks that we're really good. We behave and we pray and we get to church and we, you know, we live right and we love people and all the rest. We think, oh, yeah, yeah, probably God delights in me. But friends, even on the days when you are not good, even when you don't love God, even when you misbehave, even when you get things wrong, even when you don't pray, you don't read your Bible, even when you do it all wrong, you don't love your neighbor like you should, you're still the object of God's divine delight because it's you're his delight that you're accepted in the beloved. As a child of God, it's yours, regardless of what your behavior may be like. <clears throat> Jeremiah 2 verse 2 says, I remember you. God delights in thinking about you. Do you know right now, this, this instant, God's thinking about you? You, he's just thinking about you right now. He's thinking about you right now, this very minute. He's thinking about you. And he's thinking, how can I do you good? He's delighting over you. He's thinking about you. And he's working out the good things he can do in your life. We are so loved by God. It's beyond comprehension. It's beyond understanding. Right now, God's thinking about me. You know, you're not one person, a number among seven billion. You're not just a statistic. You are the apple of his eye. And his eye is on you 24-7. It never shifts off you. It never looks away from you, not for a moment. <laughs> he just, you're the object of divine delight. And he loves to do you good. You know, the mind continue, continually pursues the object of its desires. So we always want to have what is precious to us in our sight. So something's precious, we want to have it in our sight. So when my grandkids, Zach and Emma, turn up to my place, you know, my, my heart just lights up because they're the object of my delight. And when, they're, when they're near me, see, my mind just goes towards them. And I love them <laughs> until they misbehave and then I send them home. That's the privilege of grandparents. You know, you just ring up, Jody, can you prick your kids up, please? She'll be there in 30 minutes. I said, no, you won't. You'll be here in two minutes. 
collect them now, all right? They need mummy, and I need a break. I want you to think about something for a few minutes. From all eternity, God has delighted in you and in me and his children. Many times before his incarnation, before God became man in Jesus, many times he visited his people. It's called a theophany in the Old Testament. He visited Abraham on the plains of Mamre. He visited Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Remember? You see a fourth man like the son of man. Remember that? He visited Gideon, uh, sorry, Jacob, who was praying throughout the night. He visited Joshua and appeared to him as the commander of the armies of the Lord. It's called a theophany. Could we go as far as to say that God so longed to be with his creation that even before the incarnation, he couldn't help but come down and make a few visits to be with the objects of his delight. Just a thought. I can't back that up fully, but I, it feels good to me. <laughs> Psalm 31 verse 19, how good, how great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you. God not only has a general goodness that he shows all people, makes the sun to rise on the just and the unjust, but he has a special goodness for those who fear him. A man received a postcard. It says in John 13, 23, now there was leaning on the bosom, Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. This man received a postcard from a friend. It had only six words on it. In the words are, I'm the one that Jesus loves. I want you to try and capture that today. That you're the one that Jesus loves. Brennan Manning, who picks up on this thought, he says, if, if John was asked, what is your primary identity in life? What gives you significance? Who are you, John? You know, for me, if someone said that to me, you know, most of us would say, well, look, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pastor or I'm a CEO or I'm a teacher or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm head of my department or, you know, whatever. We, we, we get our significance, our identity from from the things that we do. You know, that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that you never actually get to. That will never satisfy. They say if John was asked, John, what's your identity? John would not say, I'm a disciple, I'm an apostle, I'm an evangelist, author of the gospel. They reckon he would say, I am the one Jesus loves. Imagine if we all saw that as our identity and we tr stopped trying to climb some ladder Stop trying to prove who we are. Recognize, feel significant. You, you'll never get there, I'm telling you. You'll never get there. I just know that the people with some of the even biggest churches in the world, they're, still not, they're no more satisfied. God's made, created us that that stuff will never satisfy. Some people chase a career to the ends of the earth, but they get there, they think, oh, okay. I'm not saying that it was wrong, but it doesn't do what they think it would do. Just like having a lot of money, it doesn't do what you think it's going to do. Not that it's wrong, it doesn't accomplish it. But I am the one that Jesus loves. I finish with this last thought. Because some of you may be thinking, well, what about all the 
struggles I've had in my life, the pain, the disappointments, the hurt. Life is tough on this planet. There's so many struggles, so many battles. And some people say, well, well, what about all that? You say, God delights to do me good. Explain that to me. I will. Romans 8, 28. It says that God works all things together for good. For them that love God who are called according to his purpose. What that means is God is so powerful, so incredible and so amazing that he can take, well, he can remove the destructive power that's in all these terrible things that happen to us. If, you know, he has the power. If we don't understand this, the struggles and pains of life will actually wreck us and may even rob us of our faith. If we don't understand this, that God, the infinite almighty God, has enough power, and he's the only one who can do it, to take all the negatives in our life and by his miraculous power somehow even work that for our good. Because God delights in you and he delights to do you good. You are the one that Jesus loves. As the musicians come, Father, I just pray. Holy Spirit, would you take these few words that I've shared this morning And Father, would you give every person in this place a revelation that you delight in them, that that they are the object of your delight. You rejoice over them with singing and you delight to do them good. And Father, I pray in the coming weeks, days, months, that you would open their eyes to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that you are what you say you are and you do what you say you do Lord you delight in us and you delight to do us good would you release your goodness to every person in this room today especially those who need to see it in a more tangible way Father would you release it to them today tomorrow very soon that they would all understand, they would understand that they are the object of your delight, that you delight to do them good, and they are the one that Jesus loves. Amen.